want to welcome you to the Made for More podcast. I'm back this week with Josh. What's going on? And uh, we're going to uh, geek out a little bit. Um, and maybe that's even the wrong word because it's not so much an, an academic look as it is just uh, like from our hearts. Yeah. Share a little bit. So uh, going through Genesis, if you are a part of our church family, um, we are making our way through the whole greater narrative of Scripture. And we have it divided out in a couple of different sections, Genesis all the way to Revelation. We're in the second part of that, which is the called out people of God. So it's basically the story of the Israelites. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we already covered like creation, fall, um, and now God is calling out his group of people out of, um, in a sense, the desolation of the Tower of Babel. Yeah. You know, God is going to call out his, uh, this people group. And, uh, and we're talking about that. And just... Uh, We've been preaching on that, like the people of God. What does it look like when God moves in a totally pagan environment? Mm. Um, how does he call a people out? And what can we learn from the Old Testament? And then it just got me thinking today, um, what is next for the church even today? Like, is mm. there any overlap between what has happened in the Genesis story? Right. You know, um, Genesis and Exodus, Genesis, mm-hmm. Exodus, moving into the Israelite story. Is there anything in that that overlays with maybe what is happening even today? Because it feels, it feels, I'm using that word mm-hmm. on purpose. It feels like we are on the cusp of, I mean, or or it is happening, yeah. this like move of God yeah, in oh, really yeah. interesting ways. Right. N- not just in Wilmore, Kentucky, right. but all around the world. Yeah. Um, in really, really interesting ways. I mean, like the stories of the underground church in China yeah. that are having, I mean, in India, the yeah. revivals that are breaking out with thousands, of, I mean, the healings and the, yeah. it's, I mean, in places where the gospel is illegal, like in Muslim right. countries, they're having revival yeah. and people come to Christ. In, I mean, it's amazing yeah. all over the place. Uh, just Google it. I don't even need yeah. to give you it. There's yeah. so many different. Wherever Jesus is being lifted up, God is drawing people to himself. Man. And it's also true in uh, in America, too. Mm-hmm. I think God is as uh, awakening, calling mm-hmm. um, a people to himself. In America, it feels like it has primarily been um, God empowering and ratcheting up uh, the people who are called to do his work. Mm-hmm. So like it, it uh, that's not all true. I know it's yeah. like the University of Texas, some right. other public right. schools have had yeah. powerful moves. Right. Um, but some of the really significant ones have been like at seminaries. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think in history, it often begins in the church or in that's God's right. people. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what the timeline looks like on that or how it plays out because usually uh, revivals or awakenings, they end in um, the desolate places and they end with Mm -hmm. changes in society. But they begin, yeah, in seminaries. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Yeah, that's right. And so, and it does feel like, I should say Bible colleges, you know. Right, right. it, It does feel like these Bible colleges. I was just listening to another one yesterday. Uh, Church of the Highlands in mm-hmm. Alabama. There, they've been having some just powerful moves to God. Yeah. I mean, it's all over the place, yeah. dude. It's all over it the place. Is. It's like it's a, amazing. all this kindling. Now, yeah. again, whether it's Wilmore or Highlands or these different schools that are taking place, mm-hmm. a lot of these, they're places where all these ministry students are studying. Right. Um, but that's exactly who we want to light on fire. Right. Are these people that are going to be going into the ministry? 
mm. over the course of the next few yeah. few years. Yeah. And then the church will be filled with it and the world will be filled with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I love this. So you're talking about just like thinking of God's people in Genesis, Exodus. Yeah. So maybe we just start there and talk about kind of what happened. Yeah. I, maybe we're familiar with that, most yep. of us. But if we're not... Um, there's a whole journey there. There is. Okay, so if we're going to overlap, can we can we get? I think we can. Uh, I'll preface it with this. I think there are things that we can learn from the the Abraham line to the people, mm-hmm. the Israelites. Yeah. I think we can learn something from that line because I think it speaks in a way in which God works with a people group mm. that need to be saved or yeah. redeemed. Yeah. Okay, so. Um, and again, you could go back and listen to the last seven, eight, nine sermons and get way more information. But if I'm going to sum it up in like a minute flat, um, basically you have the fall of humanity Mm -hmm. and the tower of Babel, Babylon, like the rise of the city, like the ultimate rebellion against God. We're going to be our own definers of Mm -hmm. what's right. So we're going to build a tower. We're going to say basically to God, we're going to adjudicate, be the decider of what is right and wrong to us. And God, in a sense, gives them over to their rebellion, and it just causes desolation. Um, They're divided out. The nations, um, you know, in a sense, collapse, and pride and hoarding um, and war and pillaging just take over humanity. And out of the desolation um, in the wake of Babel, God calls this, well, person. Um, but it's ultimately going to be a people group, you know? And so out of this, God is going to raise up out of the brokenness. Mm -hmm. He's going to raise up what will ultimately be the Israelites Mm -hmm. to be, um, what the scripture calls a a priesthood, a nation priesthood. Um, and by priesthood, uh, what I mean is a representative of God to the culture. Yeah. Um, so they are, they are, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a, maybe a better modern, uh, word might be like evangelist or pastor. Sure. Um, but, but it's more than that. It's like a modeling yeah, like an image. Yeah, yeah, that's right. A modeling, an image, a representation. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be like a visible representation. Yeah. So the idea would be if the Israelites and God's people were to do exactly what they were supposed to do, which yeah. they didn't. Yeah. But if they were to do exactly what they were supposed to do, all the other surrounding communities should look at them and go, oh, that's what the love and favor of God is supposed to look like and do. Yeah. Um, Now, they obviously drop the ball and and, and fail in that. And so I want to begin just uh, with the idea that God calls out of the desolation Mm -hmm. of people to himself. Mm -hmm. Um, And out of that desolation those people, not just are they rescued from it, Mm -hmm. but they've somehow got it detox Mm -hmm. all of the culture out of them. So we can zoom in. You could use the Tower of Babel story. You could use numerous stories, but let's use the Exodus because I'm going to be teaching on that. So this is a precursor to sermons that are coming down the road. Um, But the Exodus is a great example. Mm -hmm. So these people are in Egypt. In a sense, their value system... um, what they submit to, what they're yeah. afraid of, what they yeah. honor, everything, what they are building to make famous and known, everything is Egyptian. Yeah. Right? And so, like, even today, in a small way, you know, we're, we're American, right? Um, so everything that we're building, the companies that we work for, uh, the, what we're making famous, if you're a graphic designer and you're designing yeah. at, you know, whatever company, you know, Lily or something, you yeah. know, or you're making a... Uh, some product you are all 
all of our energy, all of our effort, what we're afraid of, the people that we respect, the bosses, the favor that Mm -hmm. we want, we, in a sense, are way more American than we realize. Right. And the the people of God were way more Egyptian than they realized. Yeah, yeah. And so God shows up in a powerful way. Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll call it like a divine rescue, revival, whatever you want to call it. And he gets a hold of these people. And in the the whole Exodus story is he, he pulls them. In a sense, he separates them yes. from Egyptian culture. And he creates a remnant, some people call it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't rescue them to the promised land. Right. He rescues them to? Yeah, the wilderness. The wilderness. Yeah. He rescues them to the wilderness. And uh, in a sense, the wilderness, uh, and there's a lot of authors that have talked about this, but the wilderness is the place not where they are out of Egypt, right. but where they get what it means to be Egyptian pulled out of them. Yeah. So, yeah, in church history, the wilderness is where people go to meet with God. Right. So it's where they go to relationally know God. And some people will say it like we have grids that we experience God through. So we could experience God through um, the Bible, through music, whatever. The wilderness is where even church fathers went to kind of almost get away from grids, yeah. get away from dominant culture like Egypt, and to be with God himself. Yeah, yep, that's right. And we have a tendency to think of um, being separate from Egypt as a— it's like it's like we want to not be pulled by all these American things. Right. But if you were to actually have your cell phone removed and your computer removed and yeah. your company removed and your yeah, um, it's also terrifying to have that yeah, like we want it and we don't want it all at yes. the same time. It's a ordained fast. God is like giving them a fast. That's right. But what happens in the wilderness? What happens in the wilderness? I mean, even the journey into the wilderness mm-hmm. is this seeing of God in a way that they had not before. Right now, yep. another thing that really interesting happens, and we're going to talk about this, I think, in two weeks. Mm-hmm. In the wilderness, God begins to remove Egypt out of his people. Yeah. So got the people out of Egypt. Now he's getting the value system, priorities, yeah, everything, right. the Egyptian priorities out of his people. Then he's going to lay a new how-to-be-human framework on top of them, yeah. which is what we call the Ten Commandments. Yeah. And the Ten Commandments are, in a sense, a new way to be human. Yes. They're a new yeah. way to be human. Yeah. This is the new framework. Yeah. We get Egypt out of our people and we lay a new way to be human on top of yes. them. Yeah. And those who submit to that, those who are willing to go through that process, all of it is God's redemption. Yeah. It is his goodness to say, you know, you need to stay in this detox. And yeah. you hear them, you hear the pain of the children of Israel when they say, take us back to Egypt. You know, why would we have graves in the wilderness? You know, they're they're in pain in some yeah. ways because their securities were taken away. Yeah. And now they have to learn a new security system. They have to learn a new system of trust. Yeah, uh, that's right. You know, and, and John Brevere, we were listening to a sermon earlier mm-hmm. today. He points out, which I think is really interesting from, from Genesis uh, or from the Exodus account, that the one of the people in the Exodus, the one of the people in the Exodus that does not want to go back to Egypt is, it's Moses. <laughs> yeah. The one who actually, I mean, he was the grandson right. of the most powerful person right. in the world. Yes. Um, the way John Brevere says it is he had every Lamborghini in the, you yeah. know, and, I mean, he could have had it all. Yeah. He literally could have had absolutely all yeah. of it. 
And the one who knows that Egypt can't satisfy is the one who had all of Egypt for a moment. Yeah, he forsook Egypt. Is That's what right. It says, yeah. Um, and and interestingly, um, we can even look to our so the the top of our the highest athletes, the yeah. best, and ask the question: Can America, and in all of its complexity, can America be a salvation to people? Mm-hmm. And I mean, like. Our most wealthy, famous rappers, our most wealthy, famous, you know, uh, yeah. uh, the people that are America to the full. Yeah. Are they really redeemed and made whole and complete and mm-hmm. satisfied? No. Do they they themselves know that America is not a framework for rescuing? Right. Right. And so I do wonder in the church today, and, and this is a bit of my speculation, but looking at today through the lens of church history. Yeah. Um, I do wonder today if God is taking especially some of the younger people mm-hmm. and he is um, de-Americaning them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. N- not saying that all of what we have done is bad. I don't think America right. is Egypt in the right. same way. But I do think that he wants to make space in their hearts for them to adopt a greater level mm-hmm. of his nature and his heart than people that are still a lot yeah. culture and a lot Jesus like there's yeah. just not as our bucket is half full of our culture yeah yeah and yeah and that's true of many cultures uh Walter Brueggemann says the dominant culture that's how he says it is like it's the role of he calls it prophetic ministry a whole slew of ministries including counseling pastors many different people who unveil reality for what it is what it does is it helps people to step into a counterculture that's right or a different way of living that is subversive to the dominant culture right. and and that's true in america too that's yeah. right and i wonder and i wonder again i need to be just for the sake of clarity um I know, and I would be one of these, but even more so like my grandparents who've all passed away yeah. um they are very proud of America. Yeah. They're very proud of the ideal America that they right. believed in. Yes. I'm talking about the America that actually exists. Yeah, the value system. That's yeah. actually here. Yeah. So like, what is the actual value system of the largest schools that are in our communities? Right. What is the actual value system of right. CNN? What is the actual value yeah. system of Fox? What is the actual value system? Yeah, our relationship to power is not the same as the gospel in America. That's right. Our relationship to value, like what matters most, is not the same as the kingdom of God, which is, that's right. I mean, obvious. That's right. So when I, when I listen to people that are like conservative Christian defend America, what they are defending is an ideal version of America right. that does not exist. Yeah. And I also wish it did. Yes. But it yeah. does not. That's yes. not what's really here. Yeah. And it is, of course, in any culture, it's possible to point to things that are good. Yeah. So we could point to religious freedoms or different things that we appreciate that do align with the kingdom of God. But as a whole, the dominant culture we're in is not the kingdom of God, and we have to separate from it in many ways to be a part of the kingdom of God. Right, and I wonder, so whether it's the, the, the I'm going to make up a word, Egyptifying, <laughs> the de-Egyptifying, taking yeah. Egypt out of detoxing, the people, the yeah. detoxing that happens in the wilderness to God's people. Um, there, I mean, there's a whole lot in Egypt that would have been residue from Joseph, right? So right. it's not like everything there was all evil all the time. Right. Um, th- it, but without a doubt, there's this like removing, it's almost like God has to make space in their hearts to let the Ten Commandments actually be adopted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so when Moses says, let my people go, we were talking about it today. 
He says, let them go so that they may worship, worship me their in whole, the wilderness. Their whole lives had become about making bricks. That's right. And so, I mean, there's a lot of parallels to us today, but their whole life becomes a, we could say like nine to five and Netflix and chill. You know, if you're a young person, you understand the like, it's it's social media, it's being a part of the culture and it's just working all the time, and that is your life. Yeah, where God is taking them to the wilderness to rediscover their purpose, That's which right. ultimately is relationship with Him that is very fulfilling, and then a culture among themselves that yeah. is beautiful. Right. So this this overlays with so many interesting things that could be considered. One of them is how churches in America have done evangelism for the last 20 years, Mm -hmm. like so 2000 on, maybe even 1995 on, uh, which has been paint Jesus as this really nice, friendly guy who's full of love and full of compassion, and he's going to offer you an even better life. Yeah. But all of the, there's so many assumptions that people are going to hear in that model of evangelism. Yeah. I mean, one assumption is he's going to make my version of better be even better yet. Yeah, for sure. And the reality <laughs> is that's not, it might be repentance, but it's not necessarily repentance. Right. I mean, a, a repentance is really like this renouncing. Yes. I'm going to set aside yeah. um, Egypt. Yeah. So in, in that way of thinking, you could think God is going to give me the best that this American or Egyptian value system has to offer. Right. So if the best in the American value system is a lot of money and a lot of, you know, attractive people around you on yachts, you're like, that's what God is going to give me. Yeah. But the Christian understanding of that is God is going to change my value system. Yeah. And then give me his value system and actually give me himself. Yeah, he's going to take Egypt out and ultimately the Ten Commandments are going to come in as a framework. Mm -hmm. But even more important than Ten Commandments is literally the presence of God. Yeah, yeah, that's what the the Ten Commandments are, the guardrails so that we would fear the Lord, honor the Lord, and know the Lord. Yeah, And, and so I wonder, I wonder, and again, I'm thinking about the Old Testament as an overlay, maybe even a way for us to kind of prophetically look at what's to come. I wonder if God, in a sense, is creating, and God is creating this holy discontent. Yes. Among an army, my own kids fit into this. Mm -hmm. I mean, an army of these young people that are right now in Bible college. And uh, not just Bible colleges, but uh, definitely Bible colleges, Mm -hmm. a holy discontent. And um, they're tired of being constantly, you know, told that they are either victims or told that they are, uh, you know, people that are, are causing like they're they're the ones that yeah, are making victims or, yeah, yeah yeah they're 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 always being labeled they're mm-hmm. always being they're 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 almost like tired of all of it either side of it yeah they're tired of all of it and this holy discontent it's it is a we're seeing this it's like in their hearts there's enough of Egypt that is being pulled out of them mm-hmm. that now the the basin of their soul is open for something so much more. Right. Yep. And um I think that that wilderness, that detox, yeah. I think the beginning of this revival is literally the outpouring of God, um, in a sense, preparing the space for the yeah. to use the Old yeah. Testament, the the Ten Commandments, the presence of God yeah. is going to refill that up. Yeah. Um, and they will go out into the world, um, not 
being fans uh or not being fans of egypt right um not wanting people to have the best egyptian lives yeah they're going to come back into the world wanting to bring something wholly other yeah yeah is that making any Absol- sense absolutely i mean a parallel that you could compare it to if you've seen the movie jesus revolution and you're listening to this it's that's similar but maybe a different degree but similar to what happened uh with the hippies in the jesus movement is these hippies you know they're going to woodstock and they're really searching for something different from what was happening in society and many of them actually found Jesus. And yeah. there was a space in their lives where they could say, I don't want what this culture in this world has to offer. I'm, I'm searching for something else. So many of these young people, they are actually searching for something different, That's not right. just what we've been giving them. And I never really understood this. And I feel like I'm starting to understand this. But I remember my grandpa saying one time before he passed away, he's, he was talking about, the ability of a Christian to go through Vanity Fair, which is, you know, this, uh, I think it's maybe Pilgrim's Progress, where it's yeah. all this sin and all this yeah. stuff all around. Go through it and see all the things they don't want anymore. See all the things they don't love anymore. And it's like that really is real. Yeah. The possibility to fall in love with God and see all these things that you don't love anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I think— um, I think in a sense, at least for me, I'm speaking only of my, my personal journey thus far. Um, but for me, what happens is um, you really do begin to, to believe that it, it's it's all Christ. Yeah. Like yeah. that is love in its purest. Yeah. He's the only one to please. He's the only one. He yeah. is literally the fountain of all the beauty yeah. he is the place yeah. where everything beautiful comes from yeah so i don't i don't need to have the mother of all short squeeze millions yeah. in my yeah. bank account yeah i don't need to have yeah. the new lamborghini i don't need to have yeah. in fact i can see i can finally see how unhappy the people with these things yeah. are yeah and if god wants me to have anything he can give it to me in a moment and like, that's right and if I and if I need to have it, great. If I don't, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's like, great. He is satisfaction. He's the prize. He's the you know treasure that you find in the field and sell everything, everything for to it. get it. You know, and and now all of a sudden, so at the local church level, what does this mean? Well, I, I think a couple of things. One, I think I need to somehow, and I'm not even entirely sure how to do this. I need to somehow help my people see it is not, it is not becoming an Egyptian lord that's going to make them most happy and whole it's going to be of becoming of another kingdom Mm -hmm. yeah and so what jesus wants for you is in a sense to detox egypt out Mm -hmm. of you so that there is enough space for you to drink deep of what could actually satisfy your soul yeah yeah i yeah what comes to my mind in that is just the fact that like if you think of an addict detoxing that it is a painful process in some ways but leading to redemption that there are there is an arduous good there are arduous good things things that are very good that are difficult so there are seasons that you can go through that um, god is being gracious to allow you to experience and i mean what's crazy is you look at 
Moses and you look at these different leaders and all of them are an image like you said in the beginning of God but they are not God they're a priest who needs a priest that's right so they're all a priest in some ways who are representing God but they also need God to cleanse them that's right and to help them and we're all in that boat that's right but Jesus is the one who comes and he needs no priest. He is the priest. Yeah, the priest, prophet, and king. He's yeah, all of them. He can come and say, like, I can give my life for mm. all these people mm. who who can't do it. You know, yeah. they can't save themselves. He's the only one who can. Yeah, which is, and and and, and then the, the, the crazy, I just, I go back. I've said this so many times. I've already said it in this podcast. But I go back to the Lewis I mean, when, when Lewis, when he shares, it, it's a Lewis quote where he, I'm shortening it up, but he basically says, I long for the place where all the beauty comes from. Yes. Yeah. And man, I just, yeah. that thought becomes so um, all encompassing for me. Yeah. Yep. Like it's, uh, it's, it's, it's to the point where uh, I just, I, I want to be around seekers. That feel that too. Yeah, that's that's what I want. Yeah, um, and I want to I want to gather together with those that want. I want to I want to create a new kingdom. I want to, um, yeah. In in a sense, I I long I just long for the the presence. Like I long yeah. for the place where all the beauty comes yeah. from. And yeah. I don't think you can feel that until you really begin to see that Egypt yeah. is not it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you see the contrast of some of the people who are struggling in the detox in the wilderness and saying take us back to Egypt but you also see Joshua who is um, at the tent of meeting yeah and he doesn't want to leave no man you know and he goes and he looks at the you know the the Nephilim descendants Anakim whatever yeah. giants yeah. in the land whatever you want to call yeah. them some people say that just means powerful people other people right, like right. actually whatever however yeah. you interpret it honestly I don't yeah. care I've read through a whole bunch of stuff on either side yeah all I know is this there is a remnant who yeah. wants the promised land. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they don't want to go back to Egypt. Yep. They don't yep. want to become Egyptian lords. Yeah. They don't want to ride in Egyptian chariots. They don't want to have Egyptian yep. beauty. They yep. want the new kingdom, a new yes. promised land. And and that is a part of what Augustine said that uh, Lord put salt on our lips that we would thirst for thee. Yeah. That we learn a hunger in the wilderness. We learn to hunger for God. We learn to long for his presence, to not want to leave the tent of meeting or the place where God is revealing himself. We we learn that kind of hunger yeah. because Egypt, you know, has trained us to hunger for things that don't satisfy. Egyptian beauty. Yeah. So it's in the wilderness that we learn a new hunger and a hunger for God's presence. And and that is what God loves, you know, yeah. people who love his presence. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And I so I do like that whole question. What do I think is next? Um, well, if God works the way he did leading into the flood and then post if he works the way he did leading into and then out of the tower of babel um and the mesopotamian kind of desolation that existed if he works the same way he did coming out of the 400 years of silence leading into the coming of jesus um i i think i think what's going to happen is there are going to be there is going to be an army of young people uh, that in a sense will be detoxed enough yeah. that they are open to the kingdom of God at a level yeah. that really will be revival. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, uh, I think what's going to happen is some people that really want to stay Egyptian are going to be a little bit bothered by it. Yep. Um, 
because I think there are some Christians out there. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think there's a lot of Christians out there. In fact, yeah. I think the church is full of. I don't think I, I think the whole mega church. I gotta yeah. be so careful saying this. The accidental byproduct yeah. of making church seeker sensitive right. is it made the church very sensitive to people who want Egypt. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Jesus in a way that doesn't offend people who mm-hmm. like Egyptian things. Yeah. And what's happened is we've raised a whole army of people. Half of their heart is full of Egypt. Right. And I think God is allowing a generation to be born who finally wants to leave Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, and that 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 open basin, that appetite open basin, yeah. I think is the place where God is going to, they have the space in their hearts to fill with the presence of God in a yeah. way that, yeah. that people who still love Egypt can't. Yep, yep, yep. And for anybody who, you know, wants out of that rat race, like that, I think that is a part of the first step is saying, where am I in this rat race in a value system that is more the dominant culture, more America, if you live in America, than it is the kingdom of God. And saying, I want to take a step back from that. I want to take a step back from busyness, hurry, rushing, seeking power, seeking wealth, like, and actually look at what is the value system of the kingdom and, yeah. and how do I learn to love it? And we, it's like all the two things that pop into my mind. One of them is the matrix, which is so right. dumb, but like the movie, the matrix, where is it Neo? It's been years since I've yeah. seen this where they're like all this war and stuff and they're about ready to like take him out and like all of a sudden it dawns on him what's really happening and he just says no yeah right yeah. and it's like it, it he just becomes above it yeah and 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 the other thing that comes to my mind is brugeman sabbath as resistance yes, absolutely. it's like finally all of a sudden we realize that the way of god the sabbath of god the yoke yeah. of god yeah it's right easy. all of a sudden we understand this is not merely a slowing down and getting a little rest so I can go That's exhaust right. myself in Egypt That's again. Right. Yes. We realize all of a sudden it is basically looking at the values, the yeah. lusts, the worry of the yeah. world. We look at it and we go, no. Yes. Yeah. We create space for God to fill us with his presence and with another value system. And it is good to just say straight up, there is nothing about that that we are earning. You know, we're yeah. not like getting it right, figuring it out, earning something different. It is a lowering, a sinking down, a creating space and saying, God, here's an open door for you to come and transform my life and to fill me with new and good. Yeah, that's right. And so uh, a few things that I want to say to the people that uh, and, and this is this is me and my family and my family line to the strong conservative Christians that are really, really feeling the worry and the burden for a better America. Uh, I think a lot of that desire, I, I really do think a lot of that desire is good. Mm-hmm. I think though they articulate, though politicians want you to articulate it in a way that is political, I think the vast army of conservative Christians, yeah. what's really in their heart is they want the kingdom of God. Yeah. That's what's yeah. really in their heart. And I think what happens is politicians hijack that. Yes. And they want they want to make it, no, you like they, they change the message into you want their America. Right. Uh, but I think the vast majority, I'm telling you, I mean, I'm from small yeah. town country America. Yeah. And the church I grew up in, they would be considered classic super conservative christian americans they want the kingdom of god Mm -hmm. and i just want to give you permission to say that yeah like what you want is the kingdom of god yeah um 
And so I think I think I think what's going to happen next, mm-hmm. based on history, is that uh, God is going to raise up people that will help the existing Christians articulate the difference between actually wanting the kingdom of God and being manipulated into still pushing political powers. I think that's yeah. going to happen. Like yeah. there's going to be people that will yeah. help differentiate between the two. I think that. Uh, revival is going to look less like seeker sensitive, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to look more stark contrast. Yeah. So now churches that are going to be mm-hmm. centered on transforming somebody's life are not going to be the ones that are seeker. They're not going to be ones that are making Egypt. They're not right. playing secular songs in yeah. church. Compromising. They're yeah. not compromising all this stuff. I think I think people are tired of that. Um, I think some people are tired of that. Um, And I I think that the next phase of evangelism is now start contrast to culture. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Mark Sayers has a phrase. He's uh, Australian kind of cultural commentator, Christian pastor. And he has a phrase, the kingdom without the king. And he says, like, a lot of our cultures right now um, in the West, Europe, beyond, are trying to find the kingdom without the king. And this is a moment where the king is gonna you know we we need him to take his throne yeah. and we are inviting him in our in our midst to take his throne we're we're looking to him we're giving him room we're giving him space and so i think that's a part of the contrast that you're even talking about is communities that say we want the king we're not going to pursue the kingdom yep. without him but we want god we want his presence we want him to live among us and be our Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And, th- th- and what you're saying reminds me, um, uh, I'm, I'm reading an- another book for a, for a, a doctoral class. And anyways, it, the author is actually quoting, and I can't remember who he's quoting. He's quoting, uh, uh, a monastic author. Anyways, the idea is this, we need to read the Bible differently. We don't read it for information. It, we don't read it in an impersonal way for information. Right. Not that that's wrong. Right. Uh, but we begin to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. We pursue the presence of yes. God for uh, revelatory reasons mm-hmm. and intimacy reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I think yeah. to all of the people out there, to those that um, even even if you're listening to this and you're like, man, my heart kind of rings true, but I don't totally understand it. All I want to say is just come and join us. Yeah. yeah. Come and join these people. The, the, to my mm-hmm. bones, I want to be a church that desires revelatory reasons of encountering God and mm-hmm. uh, and intimacy reasons yeah. of encountering yes. God. Yeah. Uh, we do not study the Bible as merely an informative historical yeah. document. Yes. Like uh, we, we, we are people who believe it to be true. Yes. And we believe that God of the universe wants to be intimate with you. Yes. We, it doesn't, our faith doesn't have to be understood. That's we right. We can understand little pieces, but it doesn't have to be. It's to be experienced and lived and... Yeah, embodied in, embodied in a very personal way. And so um, I, I guess I would I would just say uh, to those that are out there and they're like, man, I, I kind of ring true with this mm-hmm. and I'm still wrestling through it. I want to say we're still wrestling through this. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. I don't entirely know what it means, yeah. but I do know um, that God is on the move. You know, mm-hmm. Aslan is on the yeah. move, to quote Lewis. Yeah. Right. And, and things are changing. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the, the air is different. The, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the line, the witch in the wardrobe, there is mm-hmm. the, the world is thawing out. Right. And yeah. something is taking place. Yeah. And we're on the verge. I mean, Aslan hasn't necessarily shown his mane yet. Yeah. Right. But, but everywhere you look. Yeah. Things are changing. Yeah. The, uh, when he shakes his mane, there will be spring again. He yeah. That whole yep. lines of, yeah, things are thawing out. You see signs of. Of the spring signs yeah. of 
things changing. Aslan's on the move. And so I think what's going to happen right now is I think that the, that the detoxing, uh, the, the, the next generation needed to lose faith in Egypt. Mm -hmm. So it had space to totally hope in God. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's necessary. Mm -hmm. I think that's been a part of God's plan. Yeah. This is how he's worked in the past. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that we're on the cusp of something significant. Yeah. And yeah. I guess I would say it, to those, I mean, our, this is to our people in the church. Yeah. So come, just make sure to come, be yeah. a part, prioritize. Yep. Sabbath has resistance. That's Rebel right. against the business of the world. Make time to be with God's that's people. Right. And uh, come join us as we imperfectly pursue yeah. a glorious God together. Yeah. And, uh, and to those that listen to this that are not, find a Christian community yeah. and rest of them. N not an Egyptian community that calls right. itself Christian, right. um, but a, yeah. an actual community that's yeah. trying to pursue Christ. Because the beauty of it is God himself is going to lead us. Yeah. We're not going to figure it out. You know, we, we can't. Yeah. But God himself is going to lead his people. Yeah. It's a, a good good. Charlie Alcock, good days. Let's go. That's how okay. he would say. Uh, okay, man, thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. We love you all a ton. Uh, today's podcast is a little bit different as we just kind of speculate and think out loud about what's coming next for the church. Um, man, know that you guys are loved a ton. Uh, make sure to join us, uh, if you can, even digitally at www.encountertrinity.com. Lots of resources there. Um, we love you all. Have a great week. Bye.